God praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, you came to church on Wednesday night. You got all dressed up. You drove all the way here. You might as well give God praise and get your blessing here tonight. Come on, it feels good in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm thankful, amen, for the report that God gives. Amen, hallelujah. You know, the devil would like to give a lot of reports over your life. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. Hallelujah. And his report's going to be negative. His report's going to be condemning. But when you get the report of the Lord in your life, when God starts working, amen, God completely turns it all around. God starts to author beautiful things that were not there before. You might be sick in your body, but God can show up in a moment's time in a service like this. And God can say, uh, you, the doctor show up and say, well, your chart did say you were sick, but the next test result said that you are healed. Anybody believe that? I believe there's power in the Word of God. How about you? Amen, amen, amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord here today to feel what we feel in God's presence. I want to uh, thank you all for coming, amen, and being in church. Amen, I, I thank you for, uh, you know, I bless you for coming on a Wednesday night. I know many have worked all day, and there's a lot going on. Amen. There's a lot of things you could probably be doing, a lot of laundry that could be done, but you came to church today, and I bless you for that. Amen. In Jesus' name, and I know God's going to bless you as well. Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28. You know you're a Bible nerd when you have too many of these in your Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 28 and verse number 1. I'm going to do a little teaching here tonight. And hopefully, I will be able to get through this and bless you with the word of the Lord. Amen. Exodus chapter 28 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons, and thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a broidered coat and a mitre and a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brethren and for his sons that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And they shall take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. Skipping down to verse number 36. Verse number 36. And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it like to the engravings of a signet. Holiness to the Lord. Everybody say that. Holiness to the Lord. Amen. Remember where holiness and what holiness is for. And thou shalt put it on a blue lace that it may be upon the mitre. Upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead. Everybody say on his forehead. That Aaron may bear the iniquity of holy things which the children of Israel shall hollow in their holy gifts. And it shall always be upon his forehead. Everybody said, always on his forehead. That they may be accepted before the Lord. And thou shalt embroider the coat of fine linen, and thou shalt make the mitre of fine linen, and thou shalt make the girdle of needlework. The Bible says that you shall make a plate with engravings, holiness to the Lord. And it shall always be upon his forehead. And I want to teach for a few moments on this subject. Holiness begins between your ears. Holiness begins between your ears. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray that God would speak to us, that God would help us, that God would give us 
understanding and wisdom. Amen. You came here tonight that you might receive a word from the Lord. You came here tonight that you might receive instruction. You have come here tonight that you might grow in the knowledge of Him that has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. God, open up my ears. Open up my understanding. God, open up my mind that I might receive the word of the Lord with gladness, God. And I know that if that word can get in my mind, it can completely change my life. If that word can get in my heart, I know it can keep me in the path that you would lead me to go. And I'm praying that you would bless us here tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, oh, before you're seated, holiness begins between your ears. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Amen. The Bible lets us know in our text here today that they were to make holy garment, garments that were to be worn by the priest and by the high priest. These holy garments, I want to talk about this for a moment. They were holy because who they were on and what they were used for. In and of themselves, there is no object on earth that in and of itself is holy. Uh, there have been many through generations that have looked for something called the Holy Grail. Uh, they're looking for the goblet that Jesus drank out of on the final Passover. And they think because if they can find this goblet that they can find this Holy Grail that it will have some mystical or magical or holy powers. And, uh, and that's absolutely absurd. Um, because the cup that Jesus drank out of was not gold and jewels. It was probably just a normal pewter cup. Uh, it was nothing fancy, but what Jesus did with that cup made a big difference. He said that in this cup, amen, there's, there's wine right now, but I want you to know what it represents. It represents something very holy. It's the first communion. This is, as it were, the first New Testament Passover. And in this cup, he said, is the blood of the New Testament, of the New Covenant. So that item in and of itself did not possess any power. It was not holy. Uh, but what it was used for made it holy. And who it was used for made it holy. I want to just remind us here tonight that uh, in and of ourselves, we, we are not necessarily holy, but when we give ourselves to the Lord and we give ourselves over to Him, and amen, as it were, you let the Holy Ghost rest on you, amen, it makes an individual that was unholy, holy. And when you allow yourself to be used for the glory of God, amen, there is an imparting of power that was not there before. And somebody said, amen. So they, they were holy because who they were on and what they were used for. Amen. Their purpose, the Bible says, was for glory and for beauty. Everybody say that. For glory and for beauty. Amen. There's a little bit about this that maybe we'll talk about in a little while. We've talked a lot about why we live holy, but I want to start working our way into uh, uh, the what's of holiness, if you will. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Amen. But I want to remind us of a couple more whys just for a moment. Amen. It is for glory and for beauty. God has got a beautiful plan when it comes to holiness for you and for I. When God looks at his church, when the world looks at his church, amen, God has designed us in such a way that it is for glory and for beauty. Amen. The, the religious world got this all messed up when they became so focused on the edifice, amen, uh, namely speaking of the Catholic Church where they went into communities and they built these massive structures that, that today people go and they look up at the Sistine Chapel and it was beautiful, but, but yet they failed in the very direct purpose that God had sent them and that was to change the people and help the people. Amen. I want you to know that we are in the process of trying Trying to get a building, but I want to tell you what is more important the kingdom of God is that you and I allow the gift and the holiness of God to make us beautiful. Come on. 
and to allow the glory of God to shine in us and through us. Amen. Let us never forget that when we walk this road, and as Elder Johnson taught about last week, this way and this road called holiness, that the purpose behind it is that it would glorify God. The purpose behind it is that it would show forth to a lost and dying world, amen, that is in darkness, that there is a marvelous, glorious, beautiful light that God has moving in us. And somebody said, Amen. Hallelujah. They were only as good as long as they served their purpose for God. Amen. Let us never forget that we can have glory and we can have beauty, but it only is good as long as it serves its purpose. Because we can become like the Pharisees who on the outward they are what Jesus said. They are nothing more than whited sepulchers, which is uh, an Old Testament and a, a old English way of saying tombstones, amen, that have been painted. I don't want the church of the living God to become what our religious world has made it, where the church is now a museum that people come to visit. But I want the church to be as God designed it, a living entity. For the Bible would declare that our God is not a God of the dead, but he is a God of the living. And somebody said amen. And so when God calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light, amen, we don't want to become pharisaical where everything we do when we talk about our lifestyle, and we will as time progresses, we will talk about our dress, we'll talk about the way we live, amen. But I, I want us to remember that if we ever fail in our purpose of serving God, being used for God's glory, we will become nothing, nothing but tombstones full of dead men's bones, that we are nothing more than a shadow of religion, amen. We are nothing more than what the, the good old days used to be. And I've been to enough churches that may Man, they look more apostolic and Pentecostal, amen, than, than you could ever uh, measure with, a, with, a, with any, any, any way of measuring, amen. You could go in and say, man, that church looks more apostolic than any other church, but it is absolutely as dead as the Baptist church. I don't want it to ever be said that we have, we have it all, amen, on the outward, but we are lacking it on the inward. I want to make sure that we do have the outward because that is absolutely apostolic, that is biblical, but let us never forget the reason that we do it. We do this for the Lord. Everybody say, I do this for God. I went, amen. The Bible says God required a breastplate. He required an ephod. He required a robe. He required an embroidered coat. He required a mitre. He, re he required a girdle. I want you to notice what's happening here. There are layers, amen, in which God was making his people holy. Everybody say, holiness has layers. We're going to break down like an onion. We're going to break down the layers of holiness. But today, I want to focus in on one of these layers. I mean, I want to start before we ever allow ourselves to become full of dead men's bones. I want to focus on the inward here tonight. I want to talk about the mitter. Mitter, which, which uh, is a word we don't use anymore. It, it would officially mean a turban. Man, these, this turban was to have blue lace on both sides. And, and that blue lace would attach to a golden plate. And that golden plate was to be engraved and etched on it so it was visible for all to see. Amen. Right there that it was to never leave the forehead of the man of God, of the priests of God. Amen. It was to always be there on his forehead in capital letters nonetheless. Amen. The Bible is trying to prove a point to us. This is not something that was, uh, was optional. Amen. That word that was to be upon his forehead always, if I could break it down for us here tonight. Amen. Always at the forefront of his mind was to be holiness to the Lord. Everybody say to the Lord. Everybody say for the Lord. Amen. I want to remind you one more why. Amen. We do this for the Lord. You don't do this for the pastor. You don't do this for your religion. You don't do this for your church. You do this for the Lord. I cannot stress to our church enough the importance that God has made for the requirement of holiness. Leviticus 11, 11 and 45 says this, I am the Lord that brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, because I am your God, therefore be ye holy, for I am holy. We are holy to the Lord. We are holy for the Lord. Leviticus 19 and 2, the Bible says, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. I want to be like Jesus. How about you? Amen. 
Leviticus 20 and 7 says, Sanctify yourselves therefore and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Now, if you've got a different God, you don't have to be holy. But if you want to claim the living God, our God, as being your God, he says, because I am your God, you need to be like me. You need to be holy. Leviticus 20 and 26, just to read a few. And the Bible says, And you shall be holy unto me. For I, the Lord, am holy and have severed you from the other people that you should be mine. Amen. you got to be holy because he's your God. You and I need to be holy. God is stressing it to us because he is our God. We are told over and over again, amen, through the word of God, to be holy for the express purpose because God is is holy. We've talked about a few different reasons. We've talked about holiness and the why behind holiness. We don't we don't cross that line of the mountain because it's safe on this side of the mountain. We do we live holy because it is safe. We've also talked about amen loving the master. We make sure we maintain a level of holiness and we live a holy life because we have a love for God. We have talked a couple weeks ago that we live holy when we consider the sacrifice that God has made for us and the mercy that he has showed to us. And because God's been so merciful to us, I want to be holy amen, as a representation that I have been a recipient of mercy. And somebody said amen. But tonight I want to give you one more why. You and I must live holy because God is holy. Amen. We must live holy because that is who God is. For no other reason, if you can't come up with another reason to live holy, all you have to do is you have to look in the presence of a holy God and recognize, as Elder Johnson taught last week, that I am a man of unclean lips, a woman of unclean lips, uh, among a people of unclean lips. In other words, uh, that in comparison, my best, the Bible says, that my righteousness, the things I pride myself in, the things I think I've got all together and figured out, the things that I have been doing right, that when I compare it to a holy God, the Bible says it's nothing more than filthy rags. Man, lest we allow ourselves to become religiously prideful, to think we've got it all without God. I want you to know we are living and striving to be holy not because we are inherently righteous, not because we've got it all together, but because we look in the face of a holy God. And when we look in the face of this holy God, we think about his mercy, we think about his love, we think about his goodness, but ultimately we think about, amen, that God deserves nothing less than my very best. I've got a responsibility to be holy as he is holy. Somebody lift up your hands and give God praise here today. Oh, come on, let's pray. Because of who you are. We've sang that before. But God, because you're holy, I want, I want to be holy like you are holy. I want to be holy in all manner of conversation. I want to be holy in my lifestyle. I want to be holy in the way I dress. I want to be holy in the way I conduct myself. Oh, come on, somebody pray. Hallelujah. We are to be holy. That word holy means pure. Set apart. Sacred dedicated, consecrated, all of this means holiness. And what's interesting about our text that we opened up with here today is where holiness was placed upon the high priest by the name of Aaron. The Bible says it must always remain on his forehead. It is extremely for me important for me to define out today for the church that holiness must first start in your mind. Your thought life is the first step to living holy as he is holy. Amen. Some people think that if they can come to church, and I remember teaching people Bible studies and winning to God, and, and there's something to be said for those that come in, and they're really good at observing. And they look around and they think, man, I better start changing some things in my life. I think, I think there's something to that, that they look around and they see there's other people that are doing things a little differently than the way they've been living. And, and they realize that maybe these people have got something figured out. And so they start conforming themselves to uh, what they see around them. But I have, I have taught enough Bible studies and I've won enough people to God that, that they immediately they have questions about 
the, the, the lifestyle differences and the, uh, the dress differences. And I have told them that before you go that direction, it's important that you get it on the inside. Before you just line up and jump on the praise team or jump on the usher staff so that you can feel like you are a part of the church, it is important uh, that you put holiness where it belongs. Uh, you've got to get it right here in your brain. Amen. Holiness begins between your ears. The Holy Ghost shows up. This is why it's important, uh, and this is why we, we've got to have the Holy Ghost Church. It's not just so we can tell people we're Pentecostal, not so we can say we can check something off our list that we have been born of water and of spirit so we can forget hell and make heaven our home, but we need the Holy Ghost in our life, A, because it's holy, amen, and it's going to help make us holy, amen. I, I know some people think they got the Holy Ghost just so they can speak in tongues, but I want you to know that, the, that you get getting the Holy Ghost, the evidence that you got the Holy Ghost is that you speak in tongues. That's what we call the initial evidence. Uh, that's the Bible says that tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. That when you come not knowing anything about God as many of us did, you go to an altar or maybe you're in your car or maybe you're in your apartment. You feel the presence of the Holy Ghost and you lift up your hands and begin to pray and out of your belly flows rivers of living water and you begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And, and the Bible says it's a sign to the unbeliever. And, and you didn't believe before, but now you've got an experience that you can't deny. I spoke in a language that I did not know. And that is the initial sign you got the Holy Ghost. But there is a continued sign you got the Holy Ghost. There are some changes that come. Hallelujah. Jesus put it this way, that when the unclean spirit's gone out of a man, amen. In other words, a symbol of deliverance that only comes from heaven. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks about in dry places and, find, and looking for rest but finds none. And he says, I'll go back to my house. But when he shows back up to the house, not talking about an edifice or a building, talking about a person's life, he finds it swept and garnished. That's another way of saying dusted and decorated, amen. But he finds Finds it empty. Amen. There's a whole other message there that you got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You can't allow yourself to get empty. And somebody said, Amen. I don't want to get too excited here tonight, but we do see that when the unclean spirit leaves, there is a clean spirit that enters. Hallelujah. An unclean spirit leaves, there is a clean spirit that enters and starts doing some renovations to your life, starts dusting some things and, and decorating some things and putting some things on the wall and, making, and taking care of the chip painting and making sure all the holes in the wall are filled in with, amen, some mud, tape, and spackle and starts changing some things and remodeling some things, amen. When the Holy Ghost shows up in your life, you, you can come to God as you are. Amen. But I want to remind you that when the Holy Ghost shows up in your life, it never leaves you the way you are. And somebody said amen. If you are still the same you that, that, that got the Holy Ghost 20 years ago, I think it's time to get a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Well, this is just who I am. You need the Holy Ghost again. Because my Bible says, if any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. My Bible says that you are a new creature in Christ. You know how crazy our world would get. I was talking to Brother Donovan in Bible. So you know how crazy our world would get right now if they found a new species? Come on. They went to Mars and they found a new species. It would change everything they knew about science. The Bible says when you are born again, you are a new species. You couldn't be further away. I came. I didn't come to preach, but I might as well. You are, you, are, you are the furthest away from the old man, the old woman, than you could ever be. So when you get the Holy Ghost, 
He takes you and says, I'm going to make you a new creature. And he starts changing some things in your life. The Holy Ghost shows up. And yes, the evidence that you got the Holy Ghost, it's a sign to the unbeliever. You will speak in other tongues. We find it through the Bible. But there is another evidence, amen, that that continuing moving of the Holy Ghost that systematically and progressively starts changing and remodeling every component of your life, every component of your imagination, every bit of your thought life, every bit of your meditation, what you focus on, what you think about, what you dream about. Amen. Part of the Holy Ghost, he said, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. What's he saying? There's going to be a change in your thought life. There's going to be a change in your imagination. When you get the Holy Ghost, he changes your heart. Amen. He says, I take away the heart of stone, and I put a heart of flesh, and I write upon the heart of, you, a heart of flesh my commandments, and I'll give them a law upon their new heart, and I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. Amen. God starts converting your soul, amen, to being holy by the guidance and the influence of the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, amen, there is a conflict. Remember this, there's always a conflict when you get the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the carnal mind is the enemy of God. There is, there is a, you've, you've got to find a way, amen, to, 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 to grasp this concept where you are in the flesh, amen, as Paul would say, that in my flesh there's no good thing and the will to do is present with me, but I cannot seem to figure out how to do it, amen. He said, how can I be delivered from this? And, and he understands that I've got to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. I've got to let the Holy Ghost move in my life because when the Holy Ghost enters, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, the Bible says it's in your mortal body and in your mortal body you've got a flesh you've got desires and in your mortal body you've got a brain in your mortal body you've got thoughts in your mortal body there's all these other ideas and the carnal mind that's thinking about bills and the carnal mind that's thinking about groceries and the carnal mind it's not even just necessarily evil things but it's thinking right here on the temporal plane of life and it's only considering what is here and now the, the, the carnal mind only focuses on what it can see the eyesight the seats and the pulpit and the people and it focuses in on just those things but there's a world beyond which what you and I can see and when you get the Holy Ghost it starts pulling some of those things and it starts changing and rearranging and you've got to allow the Holy Ghost into your mind into your physical mind where it can say you know what you've been thinking in a certain pattern but that certain pattern is not holy before me and you've been operating under one thought process but that thought process is not helping you grow and you've been operating amen in your in your carnal mind along one plane of existence but I want to pull you out of the natural and out of the carnal and out of the temporal and I want to put something eternal oh, somebody give God praise there's eternal things happening here tonight somebody give God praise here tonight for a few moments Come on, you think you just showed up to Bible study, amen, to have your ears tickled. No, you came today because you needed a word from God that would change your mind. You came to church today because you need something that will get you out of this temporal thinking and get your mind on heavenly things. Somebody praise him. We're at war, folks. We're at war. You're not at war with your spouse you're not at war with the church. You're not at war with the pastor. You're not at war with your job. You're not at war with your boss. You're not at war with your kids. You are at war, and that warfare is taking place right here. Everybody say, stinking thinking. The Bible talks about that as a preacher, I must be patient, apt to teach, instructing those which oppose themselves, people that are in opposition to what is best for them. I'm your friend here tonight. And tomorrow night, and the night after that. Because when you're in a carnal mindset, all you can see is what you got going on. And sometimes, if you can't get out of that mindset, you need to come into an environment that will challenge you. I, I don't want to go to a church where they just tickle my ears. Amen. I, I don't want to go to a church where they're just scratching. All, oh, well, I, I hope he says what I like here tonight. I really hope, amen, that, that somebody will bring a word that will transform the way I think. 
If you can transform and let God transform the way you think, he will completely transform the way you live. Somebody accredits it to Einstein saying the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. How many wants a different result in their life? I'll tell you where it starts. Right here. Starts in your mind. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. The Bible says this, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Not just talking about not getting drunk. Please, if that's your struggle, we're going to, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. One, 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 one hurts your thought process. One helps your, your thought process. Hallelujah. One makes you worse. One makes you better. Hallelujah. One makes you walk a little off. One makes you walk right. Amen. You need to get amen, out, of, out of the bottle and you need to get into the Bible and you need to let the Holy Ghost. But this soberness is beyond, amen, this is beyond just, uh, just not getting drunk. It's talking about a seriousness. And I, I think there's a time and place, and I like to have fun like everybody else. We ought to have some fun. But when it comes to my mind, I'm not playing games. Hallelujah. When it comes to my mind, I'm not, I'm not messing around. Amen. you got to be sobered and to, the, and to hope to the end. Amen. For the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, until Jesus comes, it's going to be a battle in your mind. And you've got you've to defend your mind. It's not time to be, amen, uh, flippant about it. It's not time to be uh, just kind of kidding around about the protection of your mind. You've got to, until Jesus Christ shows up, you've got to be sober. you got to be vigilant. Amen. Because your adversary, the devil, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking to get into your mind and change the way you think because if he can change the way you think about yourself, you'll never become what God's called you to be. If he can change the way you think about the church, you'll stop coming to church and subsequently you won't make it to heaven. If he can change the way you think about amen, your future, you'll never get there. Amen. If he can change, he's going to work every angle You've got you've to defend your mind until Jesus comes back. Somebody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according as the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which has called you is holy, be holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Peter's pulling all this. Amen. And he's pulling the same concept. Amen. He said, gird up the loins of your mind. Amen. That, that turban, that mitter, it was, it was linen cloth that was wrapped around. Amen. It was girded around. Amen. The mind. Amen. What Peter is relating back to is he's relating back to you got you to gotta do what, what Paul said in Ephesians. You got to put on the helmet of salvation, something that defends your mind, something that helps your thought process. And he's saying you're going to have to put on some defense. And, and what is that defense that the Old Testament priest had? There was something between his ears. There was a reminder that I've got to be holy before the Lord. And so he said, and you got to gird up your minds because he, he that's called you is holy. You got to be holy. And so when you think about it, you can't, you can't allow, amen, all your conversation and all your thought process. And you can't allow it to start to wander. And you can't allow everything in and you can't allow everything out. And you, you can't allow everything to change the way you are and the way you think. And, and, and you got to allow that holiness, amen, to always remain between your ears. You got to remain mind yourself. I've got to defend the mind that God gave me to not be carnal like I want to be, but I've got to be spiritually minded. The Bible says the carnal mind does not understand the things of the Spirit, amen, because they are spiritually discerned. This is why we've got to walk in the Holy Ghost. We've got to pray in the Holy Ghost because times, amen, there's nothing worse than coming to church, amen, just knowing that you are so carnal in your thinking. Amen. You, you aren't thinking straight. You're not, you're not acting right. Uh, you maybe haven't been living right. And You show up to church and it doesn't matter what comes across the pulpit, whether it's God loves you, it will begin to twist in your brain. Amen. You've got to gird up the loins of your mind. You've got you to put some defense there. I'm getting too excited. Amen. I've heard this before. You know, you, you church people are so closed-minded. You should be more open-minded. I think if our world's more open-minded, it would fall out. We're living in a world 
that is too open-minded. They will allow anything and everything to enter or to exit their mind without guarding or double-checking it. Amen. I could prove it. There's something known as fake news. They've got to fact-check everything. Let me just say this. Uh, we, we probably just need to get off Facebook or do something because people are, people are regurgitating every bit of false information they find online. Well, my grandma shared it. It must be true. No, it's not. She just learned how to use a computer. It's not right. It's not been fact-checked. Well, I've seen it a thousand times, so it must be accurate. No, you've got to be careful because truth is a commodity in this generation. In a world that now has allowed the thought process that you can choose your gender and, and, and now you can, you can declare what you are, even though even, even the science that they proclaim to believe when it comes to global warming, they now deny when it comes to gender. And the world's gone absolutely nuts when it comes to this, and they've lost their ever-loving minds. We've got to guard our mind we got to be sober we got to be vigilant you got to be watching because what will come in you'll start thinking differently all it takes is one piece of information you let in and it will change your entire perspective in a negative but I've come to talk about some positives too you let a good piece of information get in your mind and you get that in there, and you guard it with all your heart, with all your mind. The Bible says that God gave people over to a strong delusion. Do you know why? The Bible says because they had not a love for the truth. you got to love truth, even if it's a truth that's hard. Amen. Church, let's make a decision here tonight. We will have hard conversations. Amen. Everybody agree with that? Because I would rather have the hard conversation and get you to heaven than have the, have the, oh, it's all good, you're fine. No, let's have the difficult conversation and let's talk it over and let's, let's, let's do what the Bible says. Let's reason together. Let's, let's consult the Lord on this. Let's have the difficult conversation. Amen. If it's a question you got, let's talk it over. Let's get in the Word of God. Not on Facebook, not on some psychoanalyst. Let's not read statistics that you found on some website, but let's get in the Word of God and let's reason the Word of God together. Even if it's uncomfortable. Amen. Because if we're not careful, the Bible talks about that, that lest we should let any th these things slip. Amen. I don't want the truths that God has given to me to slip. These truths can be as simple as God loves me. That's a truth. But if you let that slip out of your mind and you don't guard it, oh, come on, somebody. You don't guard that truth that you know God loves me in spite of me. You'll think God only loves me based on what I'm doing at the current moment. And when you're doing well, you'll come to church and worship God and be excited. You'll be in the prayer room because, man, I'm living right. But the moment you slip up and you forget and let it slip out of your mind that God loves you, you'll decide, man, I can't come back to church. I've made too many mistakes. And I can't, I can't ever get to where God has me. Amen. And, and what will happen is if you don't love the simple truths that God has brought to you, amen, and you start letting them slip, uh, amen, and you never, you never get it before God and say, God, would you change my mind about that? Would you help? me amen my my mind's been a little defenseless recently would you help me to reinforce my mind reinforce the truth so that no no lies can come in and no truth can go out god would you reinforce it so that i can be what you're calling me to be i don't want to get over to a strong delusion somebody lift up your hands for just a moment i i came to i came to talk about a few things tonight but we need to guard our mind we need to we need to let the holiness of god rest in our mind tonight come on let's pray Oh, I feel him in this house. Come on, I feel him in this house. I don't want anything to just slip in. I don't want anything to just slip out. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want things to enter my mind unchecked and unchallenged. I don't want things to leave my mind without me first checking whether or not I'm going to need it later. I want to guard my mind. Amen. This is what makes repentance so powerful. The Bible says instructing those that oppose themselves that God peradventure or perhaps might give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So when you're in opposition to yourself, and again, where's opposition happen? 
right here. Starts in the mind. I can be teaching or preaching, and if you have the wrong mindset, you'll think it's because he doesn't like me. I'm not thinking about you in this moment. I'm thinking about the Bible. But if you get the right mindset, this, this is going to help me. And in this moment, if I can grab just a nugget of truth, if I can just grab a little bit, amen, what will happen is God will help you in the areas where you are against yourself, and you will be able, the Bible says, to recover yourself from the snare of the adversary. And in that moment where you hear that word and you grab a hold of it, the Bible says that, that, that God gives them repentance so that they can acknowledge the truth. Because, amen, nobody would go to a doctor that said that if you have a tumor on your neck that's the size of my fist, nobody go to a doctor said, you're fine. Amen. You're good. You're good. You'd never go to a gym and find a trainer that says, oh, no, you're totally fine when you look in the mirror every day. And no, man, I need to lose some weight. I need to gain some muscle. When you come to church, you need to come to church with the right mindset that says, God, if you want to tell me a hard truth, go ahead and tell me a hard truth. But God above and beyond telling me the hard truth, would you give me and grant me an opportunity of repentance that I could acknowledge that truth? And, and you know what, God, if there is something I need to do, amen, maybe a surgery I need to have that will save my eternity, save my life. If Maybe there's some changes I can make in my life that will give me a better quality of life and eternal life. God, I want to make it. Amen. Repentance is a word metanoia, which means to think differently. Or afterwards, you reconsider, amen, you reconsider morally. You feel convicted to the point that it prevents or changes direction from moral error. Amen, when you hear a word of truth, amen, it goes into your brain, and that's where the battle starts. And goes, well, I don't know about that. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know what I think about that. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 Amen. We're getting our way through this here tonight. The Bible says, and be not conformed to this world, to a carnal mindset, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. I want to tell you that when you get the Holy Ghost, the Bible says it is the washing of regeneration and the renewing, amen, of your spirit, of your mind. Amen. I want you to know that when you get the Holy Ghost, it shows up. It starts renewing and rejuvenating and fixing some things. Man, maybe you had some chemical dependency in your life and it tweaked with some things in your brain. I believe there's enough power in the Holy Ghost to completely change the chemical makeup of your mind. I believe you can walk in and the doctors say you need antidepressants because you, you're, you're just, something's wrong in your brain. But I can testify that, amen, when I got the Holy Ghost, I walked in depressed, but God changed and he transformed something in my brain. I'm not talking about in a, in a metaphorical sense. I'm talking literally change something. I believe God can literally heal your brain. You know, when you go through trauma, things change in your brain. I believe that God can help you. When you get the Holy Ghost in there, there is a renewing of your mind. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. There's people that you have been wanting to get somewhere in life, but you keep coming up against a wall of your own thought process, and you are in opposition to what you really are desiring, and God sent me here to talk about this, that when you get the Holy Ghost, you need to let the Holy Ghost, uh, that holiness to the Lord, get in your mind and begin to regenerate and rejuvenate and begin to fix your thought process. The greatest invitation after the new birth is to be holy. But in order to be holy, you need the indwelling power of the Holy Ghost. It is impossible for a, a human to be holy without the Holy Ghost. The influence of the Holy Ghost processes us. It processes us level by level, stage by stage, faith by faith, victory to victory, glory to glory. Amen. God works layer by layer to make you and I as he is, to make us holy. Amen. God is sanctifying us. God is changing us. Amen. I've come to tell you that when God shows up, amen, the, the, the first thing we got to do is we've got to repent, which is to change our mind. And the first thing that where holiness shows up is it shows up in your brain and it begins to say, you've been thinking wrong about this a long time. You've been viewing yourself incorrectly. You've been viewing God incorrectly. And God shows up and says, let me change that. I feel him right here 
Spirit right here tonight. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost, amen, in this place. God wants to change somebody's mind here tonight. Our thought life is important to making us holy. Just like the priest had to wear holiness over his forehead, it was to never leave his forehead. Amen. I want you to know it is impossible to be holy without a holy mindset. Matthew 23 and 26, Jesus tells the Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, and the outside of it may be clean also. I know of some people that thought if I just clean up the outside, it's going to fix it. It's like painting rust. It's still rust. You need to have a transformation. Amen. It's 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 like it's like just going going ahead and and building up putting up some drywall but not having any frame for the drywall to hang on. Amen. You're you're going to look pretty for a moment and your walk with God will do good for a season. Amen. But when that wind and waves and storm shows up, amen, the the fall of that house is too great. You've got to allow God on the inward. Amen. It's that it's that digging down to the foundation. Where's the foundation of your life? I'll tell you where the foundation of your life is. Amen. The Bible says as a man thinketh, so is he. If you wonder what you is or what you are, I want you to know it started right here in your mind. But if you can let God change your mind, make your mind holy, make your thought process holy, amen, God will start working on some other things. He'll change the way you think about outward holiness because he started on the inward. And if you allow the inside to get clean, the outside Outside's got an opportunity to be clean as well. You can let God change the way you think. God can change the way you live. If you can change the way you observe life and perceive life, God will change the way life is for you. Oh, somebody praise him. Come on, let's give God praise here tonight. Oh, somebody give God praise here tonight. You gotta be transformed. You gotta be transformed. Don't let the world put you in a box of their thought process and their mind. You gotta let God transform your mind. Man, if we get the inside clean first, it will. Everybody say it will. It will make its way to the outside. But you can get the outside and never get the inside. But you can never get the inside and not get the outside as well. Because that Holy Ghost on the inside is going to start speaking to you. He's going to talk to you and say, you know, that's not right. You know, you need to treat that person a little better. You need to forgive those that have wronged you. Come on, somebody. Holiness goes beyond dress code. Having your thought life holy, clean, pure, dedicated, consecrated helps your Christian journey become effective, fulfilling, joyful, and powerful. If you feel like your walk with God is stagnant or it has no power, there's no joy to it, and you, are, you, you just have not found in your Christian journey any happiness, amen, I want you to come to this altar when we call for it tonight, and I want you to let God, amen, put holiness to the Lord, amen, right back in the middle of your brain, amen. I want you to let God begin to transform and fix some things and let there be some metanoia, let there be some changing of the mind. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, we are called, amen, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, amen. We started off with a carnal mind, but when we let the Holy Ghost in us, amen, it starts to transform us. The Bible says it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. When we let the mind of Jesus Christ in, it will combat and it will fight with the carnal mind. Amen. The degree of mindset of serving God, amen, it, it, it goes beyond this. And we, we, we could talk about this at another time, what the mind of Christ really does. Amen. The Bible says he became a servant. The, the mind of Christ, amen, takes us out of that carnal mindset of needing to be served. And it makes us a little more mature and it helps us to go and serve God and serve others and so Somebody said amen. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? He said, We 
have the mind of Christ. Amen. You can come to spots and positions of your life where you don't know the right way to go or what to do, but if you can let the Holy Ghost, holiness to the Lord, get in your mind, amen, he can help direct you. He can give you instruction. He can give you wisdom, amen. The Bible says God gives wisdom, and he does not withhold it. You can, if you get the Holy Ghost in there, amen, and you and you, you retain God in your thoughts, or as Romans said, amen, We've got to retain God in our knowledge. We've got to hold on to him in our mind and not let him go. He will such he will make such a transformation in your life, uh, amen, that you will now, amen, know what the right way to go is, to know what the right thing to do is, amen. It will allow you to think differently about those that have wronged you. It will allow you to think differently about your future in God, amen. Hallelujah. When you get when you and I get the power of the Holy Ghost, our, car, our carnal mind is, 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 is now, amen, being pushed out of the way because the Holy Ghost comes in and begins to renew our mind. It puts Christ, uh, amen, on the throne of our life, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. I'm coming to a close. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of, of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Let me just say this. Holiness begins between your ears. Anything that is contrary to godly living needs to be brought under the dominion of the power of God. Mm -hmm. Anything that would exalt itself over that which you know about the holiness of God, it needs to be brought under subjection to what you know about God. This is where the battle gets real. You start looking. This is where holiness really gets taking off in your life and in my life uh, is when we say, Lord, I know you're holy. I know you're just. Uh, and there are some things that I've been looking at that are not holy, that are not just. Uh, because whatever gets in my mind, it's got to come through somewhere. It's going to come through my eyes. It's going to come through my ears. It's going to come through certain avenues. Amen. And if I've allowed it in, it's got to first come up to the guardian of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is going to convict you and say, that does not belong in this temple. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is where historically Pentecost, we have taken a stand against Hollywood, against movies, against television. Amen. Now it's a lot harder to define that out because you have a cell phone that has everything. But I will say this, the Bible is relevant to all generations. You can still use the Holy Ghost to cast down imaginations. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There's things that don't belong on your phone. Why? Because it doesn't belong in my mind. Well, why are you such a stickler about that? Because you've got to guard your mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. And you spend enough time observing and watching, and, and you spend enough time, amen, following and liking and subscribing, amen. There comes a moment where you start longing and desiring because the Bible says everybody's drawn away of their own lust and enticed. And whatever that is for you, it may not send you to hell, but it will take you away from the purpose God has for you. It'll, it'll cause you to think, let me just say this for a moment, amen. Uh, for, for, for all of our young men, our married men, you've got to be careful with this current society because, amen, you'll start seeing imagery and images and, and you'll start seeing other things. It could be as simple and as plain as, uh, as, 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 as a Facebook post and all of a sudden, amen, your imagination starts to wander and the Bible says, amen, that holiness begins between your ears and you got to cast down that imagination and say, you know what, that first thought, that was not from me, that was from the devil, amen. My second thought determines who I am and my second thought says that doesn't belong. My second thought says holiness to the Lord. My second thought says I'm going to bring it under the obedience of what I know about Jesus. Amen. My Bible says he's holy. My Bible says he's just. And I'm going to bring it into captivity. Everybody say every thought. Everybody say every imagination. Everybody say every high thing that exalts itself. 
You got to bring it into captivity. What is that? You got to you got to defend your mind. You got to put a prison in your mind that says, "I'm not allowing you to roam freely through my thoughts because in my mind that's where holiness is. In my mind it's holiness to the Lord." It's not just holiness when I go out and about to the beach. It's holiness at what I look with. It's holiness what I listen to. It's holiness between my ears. Anything that's contrary to godly living, it's got to be brought under subjection. Every thought. Mm. Every thought, if it's not an obedience to Jesus, it's got to be brought into obedience. Because I want to be holy, for he is holy. Let's stand across the building. Let's pray in this house. This is, this is an opportunity, not an admission of guilt, but we all have thoughts, amen. We all have, we all have things that go through our mind. But, amen, when you, when you say, all right, that's gone through my mind, but now I'm going to bring it, I'm going to cast down the imagination. I'm going to cast down, amen, the suspicion. I'm going to cast down the fear. Amen, I'm going to cast down all those other thoughts, amen. And I'm going to bring it into captivity to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to cast down, amen, everything that has exalted itself above above what I know about God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that, that condemnation that's running in my brain, I've got a knowledge about God that there is therefore now no condemnation of those that are in Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So I bring that condemnation under subjection. Amen. That might be what I did, but that's not who I was. That might have been something I messed up in, but I bring it under subjection that I am going to be holy unto the Lord. Let me, let me bring somebody some redemption here tonight. You can be holy to the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and tell me, you can be holy. You can be holy. But it starts right here. It starts right here. You know what an unholy, unregenerated mind thinks? Suspicion. That's, that's an imagination. You know what fear is? Fear is when you've let your imagination run wild. That's, that's really what fear is. That's kind of what pessimism is too. You think about all the things that could go wrong. You know what that is? That's an unregenerated imagination. God gave you and I an imagination. If I were to ask you, let's do it for a moment. Close your eyes. I want you to imagine you're on a beach in Hawaii. The wind's going, breeze, seagulls everywhere taking bread from people. The waves are crashing. You can almost taste the salt right now. Open your eyes. You know what that was? That's an imagination. Do you know how real that was to you right now? Every night you go to bed, your imagination runs. And you dream dreams of things that are not even physically possible. You're flying. How real it was. Come on. I know we came to church, but we can have fun too. Now, I want you to imagine, as powerful as your imagination is in the positive, how negative it can be. Well, they don't like me. God doesn't love me. You know, I'm not going to be accepted. Come on. And you let that imagination run wild, and you don't bring it under captivity and say, no. I know more about God. God, I need you to regenerate that thought process. There's times where you are, maybe you were thinking and your, your, your imagination ran wild. Maybe you were on your phone or on the internet and you got into some clicking on some things you shouldn't have clicked on and went to something that you shouldn't have been in. I want to tell you, it's still possible for you to be holy. It's still possible for you to be holy even if you struggle. I want to tell you here tonight that as long as you are fighting, you are winning. Let me say that again. As long as you are fighting the battle of your mind, you are winning. But you can always guarantee failure if you quit. Philippians 4 and 7, and I finish here. We're going to have a time of prayer for God to touch our minds. There's some people that, had, that they need God to fix some trauma. They need God to make some, they need God's holiness to come in and, and do what only it can do. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, 
which passes all understanding. What do you do when you don't feel peace and you're full of anxiety and fear and your imagination's running wild and you don't feel like you have the ability or the power in and of yourself to bring it into captivity? The God of all peace that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, I know we quote this, but let's think about this in context. We're talking about Him helping you keep your mind holy. This is how the God of all peace keeps your heart and your mind. It's when you put a guard there of what comes in and what goes out. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, don't listen to every lie you hear, every bit of gossip you hear. Amen. There's always two to five sides to every story. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, what am I doing? I, I don't need to hear that. No, don't tell me any gossip. Don't, don't talk to me about all the negatives. Don't tell me. Why? Because I'm guarding my heart and my mind in Jesus. Whatsoever things are lovely. You know, that wasn't very nice what you said about that individual. I mean, I, I think we ought to have a prayer meeting for that individual. That wasn't very lovely for you to say that. or That wasn't very lovely for my mind to think that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my mindset here. Amen. And let God help me repent about that. Whatsoever things are of a good report. If you're the person that only wants to talk to people when you are going through it, you need to change your mind tonight. If you only want to tell your poor me story and you never have anything good to say and everything's pessimistic and nothing's ever going to work out and things aren't ever going to change, I want to, I want to tell you that tonight you can help the God of peace out, amen, by letting him keep your heart and your mind by giving you a good report. If there be any virtue. Is there anything that's going to be gained out of this conversation or out of this thought process? If there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. For us to be holy as He is holy, we need the Holy Ghost to renew our minds here tonight. I want every thought, every imagination, every desire, God. I know that when I showed up, amen, to the house of the Lord, when I showed up in my flesh, amen, I know, I know, I know, amen, that I had a carnal mindset that was in opposition to God. But when I got the Holy Ghost, amen, that holiness entered my mind. And God, I am asking you and I am begging you, amen, that you would bring a peace upon my mind, that, that it would still all fears, that it would, it would help bring into captivity every imagination and every thought, God, whether it's something that's sinful or just weighing me down, whether it's a negative mindset that's stopping me from being what you're calling me to be, or whether it's just another mindset, amen, uh, that, that is contrary to what I know about you and what I know about your word. I pray God help us here tonight, amen, to bring holiness back into our mind, God. Before we ever start moving it to the outside, I want to think differently, amen, about what you're calling me to be. You're calling me to be holy because you are holy. You're calling my thoughts to be holy because there is a holy God that I serve. You're calling my mind to be holy, not just so I can forget about hell and so I can miss out on all these negative things, but God, because you know that an unholy mindset will not get me where I need to be, that you know an unholy mindset and an unredeemed mindset will stunt my growth in God. I pray, Lord, that you would keep our hearts, that you would keep our minds. Come on, somebody pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. I want to open up this altar. Would you come here tonight? Tonight's an opportunity to say, Lord, touch my mind. Touch my mind. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you have struggled with depression. 
Well, I'm saved. I can't talk about that. You need to come here tonight, amen, as saved as you are and say, God, I need you to save my mind again. Maybe you have come to this building and condemnation is beating you up over every little thing you've done wrong. I want you to come up to the front and let God touch your mind and make your mind holy again. Maybe you've viewed some things or listened to some things that you know, amen, are not right according to the word of God. I want you to come and not feel condemned. I want you to come and say, God, would you heal my mind? Amen. I've got a memory, God, of that image. I've got a memory of that video. God, would you erase it from my mind? I believe there's a renewing for your mind here tonight. Come on, let's pray. You can be holy. You can be holy. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody pray. Holy Ghost in my mind. Holy Ghost in my mind. I need defending and I need defense in my mind. you want from me. 